Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, Making Your World Better. How does a for-profit business support nonprofits most effectively? Or can a for-profit business have a vibrant and sustainable social enterprise impact? These questions and more are answered by today's guest. Her name is Robin Peters. She's the executive director of the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation. And she's going to share how Firehouse Subs as a business has successfully done this, especially as they've come alongside first responders and provided life-saving equipment. Over the years, Robin has helped establish Firehouse Subs Foundation as a highly respected and effective national nonprofit entity. Enjoy today's show. Well, Robin, it's really good to have you on the show. You're calling in from Florida today. We're really glad to have you. Well, I'm really happy to be here, and I really appreciate the invitation as well. All right, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you get into your position? And talk about the mission and vision of Firehouse Subs and why they do what they do. So I started my career in advertising, and as a young executive, we were given opportunities to work on nonprofit accounts to give back to the community. So it was an opportunity first just to learn about marketing and advertising in the real world, but then the satisfaction that I felt working on these different accounts, United Negro College Fund, United Way, made me realize that this was a really special opportunity, something I enjoyed, but also really, really excited about moving forward with that area of expertise. So that started me on that journey, and as we um, moved around the country a bit, wound up in Washington, D.C., and continued to actually support nonprofits, and there were many, many because you were outside of the government seat. When I wound up in Jacksonville, was working for a social service agency, Firehouse Subs was a fairly new restaurant chain. It was the late 90s, and they were already making a huge impact in the community. There was no foundation at that time, but I worked with them as a local for-profit on many different, different initiatives that were able to impact the community. So I immediately discovered that this was an organization, a company, that really and truly cared about the community. It wasn't something they just did. It was a part of their culture. So I had gotten to know many of the different leaders at Firehouse Subs, and they established the foundation in 2005, and I was still with the social service agency, and it was in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. So my side was providing food through a food pantry because a lot of evacuees came to Jacksonville. So I was very busy on the Jacksonville end, doing what we needed to do as part of the relief and recovery efforts, while Firehouse Subs was over in Mississippi, feeding first responders, providing food to volunteers, and they were really impacted. As we all know, um, Hurricane Katrina was a catastrophe, and it was a disaster on a scale we had never, ever seen before. 
So Robin and Chris Sorensen, who are former firefighters and Fire Hot Subs founders, when they came back from Mississippi, they established the foundation. So when I started, the foundation was bringing in about 750000 a year uh, and doing some about six grand awards a quarter. And today, 2017, we have since granted 2,900 organizations equipment uh, to the tune of over $28 million. Wow, what tremendous growth. And um, talk about how did it grow and where are you getting most of your support and uh, donors? Where are they coming from? So first off, we are very fortunate the Firehouse Subs brand continues to grow. So every restaurant has a change canister, but also allows the guests the opportunity to round up their purchase. So they might round up a purchase four cents, seven cents, 20 cents. But if you look at that amount of money over almost 1,050 restaurants, that money adds up. Uh, five cents from every guest would be more than two million. So we've been very, very fortunate. Uh, Firehouse Subs is such a given company that they allow us to use these fundraising vehicles in the restaurant. And, and that raises a great amount of money. Then add to that that a portion of purchases, so anyone who goes to a Firehouse Subs restaurant, a portion of their purchase also comes back as a donation to the foundation. So well over 75% of the funds raised for the foundation come from the philanthropy of Firehouse Subs. Why is it so important that you've personally applied your skill set to support nonprofits? And sounds like it's been for many years now. Yeah, you know, um, I think it's just something that you you feel in your heart. Uh, I say to people who want to donate money, it's almost uh, part of life. It's part of breathing. You know, you can do a lot of things in your life, and uh, you, when you look back and you want to evaluate, most of us aren't going to look back and just say, well, I made a lot of money, or I bought a big house, I bought a big boat. People are really going to derive the most satisfaction of what they're able to do for others. And I'm not alone in that philosophy. Every time we're able to make a difference, whether it's a police department, a fire department, a local school, we are generating just a positive feeling. And I think that's that's the best part there is. I think if all of us just do one act of kindness a day, the whole world would be just a phenomenal place. I love your spirit in that. And, and, you know, as you've been working for Firehouse Subs now and the foundation specifically, what have been some of your most surprising discoveries over, say, the last two or three years? Uh, well, there, it's, it's going to be twofold. The first most surprising discovery is how these first responders are lacking what you would think is no-brainer equipment, the things that they need to go out and protect their communities you would think they have it automatically. You would think the money is there, that they have the right uh, fire gear or um, just uniforms to protect them, that they have the right equipment to be able to cut open a car if there's a vehicle crash. So I think the thing that surprises me most, and we see it with the grant request, is some of the most basic, basic life-saving equipment is not available to these fire and police departments. So. It's a little bit of education because I think a lot of us assume that within their municipality, there should be money coming in to allow them to keep current and as safe as possible. So that's the first. Then the other mm -hmm. side, which has been a wonderful discovery, is just the incredible culture of philanthropy within the Firehouse Subs organization. 
that they will be the ones calling us and saying, hey, I have a local department. They don't have bunker gear. I want them to apply for a grant. We want to do a local fundraiser to help raise money. So just um, how caring people are, and uh, it makes you feel good, really. So those are the two surprises, the big heart of so many people, but also the lack of gear is happening among our first responders. Interesting. Okay, good. And, and as you looked with um, your own nonprofit, as you've seen other nonprofits you've interacted with, you've seen the response of people in the community, what, in your opinion, is the most important role a nonprofit serves in our communities? You know, I think our nonprofits, they're, they're like at the grassroots level. They are able to evaluate a need in the community, and then they are able to, to activate volunteers, fundraising, and make a difference. And most of the nonprofits, I, I work with many, many different nonprofits. You're working with some of the finest people, but man, they can make a nickel go really, really far. But they're seeing firsthand what the needs are and how those needs are really um, very different in each community. So they're able to react to what is needed in Northeast Florida or maybe Southern California or uh, in the suburbs of Chicago. The local nonprofits, they have a great skill set to be able to create programming, follow through on the programming, and they do work really hard to get the funding because they know if you can help people help themselves, you just have a better community all around. Uh, and and also, it brings a lot of hope and a lot of love at the same time. Well, it's interesting you talk about that. And I think about fundraising, and we've had a lot of people on the show, and we talked about how things are changing a bit in the nonprofit world in terms of how you do fundraising based on people's responses to various situations that happen in our world. Um, what is your take on that? Number one, what in because of the social forces maybe, say, in our world and the impact of social media, do you feel like fundraising is fundamentally changing for nonprofits? If so, why? And if not, why not? Well, I think basic fundraising um, has not changed because you can't look at it like sales. You're reaching out to people who share the same passion for your mission, and those are the people you go to for support, and you want to continually, continually keep them updated and really day-to-day -day just know everything that's going on with the nonprofit. So the basic culture of fundraising hasn't changed. How However, a lot of the vehicles for raising money and communicating has changed, as you already alluded to. So, you know, we go back to mailings, you don't, you know, things like phone uh, solicitations. You don't see that as much. I think what a lot of nonprofits are doing, and doing extremely well, is sharing success stories, whether it's on Facebook, whether they're tweeting out opportunities or needs, um, and also you have to have a good website these days that uh, explain your mission give examples of the success you've had, tell the really the heartfelt stories of what your organization does, and the people who share that mission get to really learn a lot about you. So you're doing a lot less talking um, and a lot more communicating through the digital network. I love that. And I think, yes, there's no doubt about it. I think uh, we've, again, talked to many people on the show about websites, social media, the importance of whether you're Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you like, uh, you know, you need to be on social media. You need to be communicating effectively on social media. What have you seen in your own role uh, with Firehouse Subs specifically? What have been the most effective social media campaigns, if you will, that you've used so far? Well, I think when I look at campaigns, I'm going to say successful campaign that the social media just did a huge um, amount of support for. So we had a um, 
a donation of a million dollars with the goal of providing a thousand AEDs to police officers in their cruisers because many times police officers are first at a scene before EMS arrive, and many of them are trained in first aid and uh, how to use an AED so they can be there in a life saving capacity. So we started a program uh, in order to get requests for the thousand AEDs, and it was followed with a lot of Facebook posts, uh, social media, where we were at, how many AEDs were out there, um, testimonials from many of the different departments who put the AED into service, but even better because it still goes on, additional success stories of how the AED has saved a life or how that AED is now in service and available throughout different communities at different times of year when there might be things going on uh, that require extra police presence, like you have big recreational events, concerts, even at football games. You know, you want to make sure that you have these devices there. So social media was great because the devices themselves, it was a lot, you know, a thousand AEDs, a thousand different police departments. So we were able to almost just in different areas of the country focus the different stories and the updates on those communities. And social media, Facebook, allows you to kind of pinpoint those different marketplaces with different stories. So instead of trying to do this big national push, say, on our website, uh, we're able to do all the, the small stories and the, and, and the small victories, really, through social media, where we were really – it gives you a very, very nice personal touch. And that allowed us to raise more money for an AED fund that we eventually set up. So we're still able to provide AEDs well after all that million dollars was spent. That's an excellent story. And I think, you know, as you think about if you had a room filled with executive directors, say of nonprofits or even development directors, what would you say to them in terms of advice when it comes to fundraising from your experience and what you're doing at Firehouse Subs? What would you tell them? How should they change maybe the way they're doing fundraising or what things that you've learned along the way that you would want to pass on to them? Well, I think uh, everything I've learned, I've probably learned from trying things and accepting when something didn't work as well and not ever looking at it as something like, oh, that was, that really wasn't good. That didn't work. That was a failure. No, everything you do is a great lesson learned for the next project. And I think um, most executive directors and development folks know, you know, fundraising can be really tough. And what you're looking for, first off, don't be afraid of low-hanging fruit. A lot of times, we get all excited about big donors, someone who may have a lot of potential, but if they don't share your mission, it doesn't matter how much potential they have. So look for that low-hanging fruit. Engage people, not so much to get them to donate money, for them to get the opportunity to really learn and feel and experience the impact that your nonprofit makes. Because then that person becomes a donor for life. They become a volunteer. They can be a board member. You can nurture them, and they could be someone that you keep forever, and they are much more valuable than that one-time big donation. I like that, and you know, and you are bringing a unique approach to fundraising when you're, you know, you're basically coming out of a for-profit, if you will, and your arm of Firehouse Subs as a for-profit organization. And one of the questions I wanted to explore with you is this social enterprise, you know, question. We've talked a lot with people on this show about social enterprise. There's a lot of for-profits out there that have a uh, nonprofit wing or a charitable wing or a, a foundation like you do. Um, talk about that. How does that work exactly with Firehouse Subs? Maybe go a little bit deeper into another level of, you know, is 
an expectation, for example, for each franchise to be giving uh, a certain percentage of their income that they make say yearly to the foundation or to some kind of community project? Is it an expectation for employees to volunteer in their community and, and find a nonprofit where they can support? Talk about how maybe you're providing some of that social enterprise approach through the foundation as the avenue for people that work at the store uh, for finding ways to support you know local nonprofits that are in their communities. Well, I think with Firehouse Subs, they have uh, a culture of philanthropy that they had even before I came on board as executive director. So you have a restaurant chain that was started by former firefighters. So you already have that culture of giving back to the community. Anybody who interviews for a job with Firehouse Subs, franchisees who are interested in becoming uh, their entrepreneurs, even part of what they are um, trained to learn about Firehouse Subs, one of the most important parts of their evaluations is to learn about all the different aspects of what you have to do at Firehouse Subs, operations, uh, all the marketing, and then the culture of philanthropy is actually part of what we call our one of our missions, so that giving back. I think that um, I think almost all nonprofits in some way want to be able to give back to the community in a way that reflects their brand. So with Firehouse Subs, First Responders reflects that brand. What everybody needs to be very, very aware of is you need to do this in a way that follows uh, best practices within the nonprofit community. And all the nonprofit folks, no guide star and charity navigator. So you want to go in, if you're looking to work with a for-profit, you have to do your due diligence to present a proposal that will allow them to really help raise money, but you're taking care of all the compliance issues. And I think that's um, that's just kind of the work side, but you want to be the leader. You want to be the advisor. And the best thing you can say to a for-profit, when you engage in the nonprofit fundraising, whatever area you want to support, all of a sudden there's a sense of pride and ownership that even down to your to your staff members, they could be, you know, just on the on the line um, helping to serve the, the sandwiches at the restaurant. They have a really good feeling about being a part of something bigger, something really it's more than just being able to serve food at the restaurant. Everything they do can have a greater lasting impact on their community and beyond. So it's really looking for that bridge to just the for-profit and how it can impact outside support, but even more important, what it does for staff, that feeling of pride and involvement. Well, I like that. And I think, you know, we think about the future of nonprofits and and the future of for-profits for that matter. Do you think there's a way to bridge that gap a little bit where um, for-profits are acting a little bit like nonprofits in the sense of they're, they're looking for community issues to solve or help at least uh, apply funding and people and volunteers to help address an issue? Um, or do you feel like nonprofits maybe should be a little bit more like for-profits in this sense that they develop some kind of way to be creative with raising funds more than just your typical asking for support, filling out a grant request? You know, is there a way maybe that the two of them could come together in order to meet the needs of a community? Uh, yeah, I actually do. I think what if for-profits and nonprofits got together and made a list of kind of their top five ways of doing business, a good nonprofit has to still operate as a business, even though they're a nonprofit. And I think for-profits are always looking for opportunities to give back. And instead of just, oh, we've had 
a disaster, we're going to write a check. Uh, there's great opportunities for them to be involved with the community. And that's where it takes a little bit of investment on, on the staff side. You know, it could be a community outreach person, someone whose role is really to be able to support the community and have have the budget to be able to work with local nonprofits, evaluate them, create those relationships. You can't give to everybody, but you can still come together and say, okay, here's what our brand stands for. Here is where it fits best in the community. And that's why you see um, for-profits who tend to give back in the arena of what they're best at. It's what they're, you know, what they're good at in business, they're able to be good at in the community as well. That's great. No, I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. If people want to find out more about you, find out more about the foundation or even Firehouse Subs, where would you send them? Well, I think the first thing I would say is go to our website, which is firehousesubsfoundation.org. It's wonderful, um, pretty easy to navigate, and we really have a lot of cool things that we can share with everybody through that website, but also... I welcome to contact us as well with questions. Uh, it could be questions about how you apply for grant funding. It could be questions on even if you want to volunteer or learn more, what you may be able to do to support the foundation. There's nothing better than working together for a common mission that you know is going to bring about good. It's the best feeling in the world. That's great. Perfect. And are you a Twitter person? Are you a Facebook person? Or are you open to having people contact you in that way? Um, Probably Facebook's best. We uh, we do have a Twitter account at Saving Lives, and um, one of my staff members who is an awesome social media guru, she's very active on Twitter as well as our Facebook. And um, I tend to be less involved with Facebook and Twitter, and it's not because I don't love it. It's because I've got so much work to do. It's sometimes hard to find the time to to be um, available on all the different sites. But we we do absolutely keep in touch with everyone through social media. And even uh, if they want to inquire through the website, we're happy to hear from people and really encourage everyone to just learn more about us. And also, when you see a first responder, thank them for what they do. They're awesome. Once again, those who are listening to this podcast today, our guest has been Robin Peters, the executive director of Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation. And you can reach her on Facebook or on Twitter. Robin, I just really appreciate your time today. Thanks for being on the show. Okay, thank you so much. You have a good week as well. I wanted to let you know that we are on iTunes. If you are wondering how to find out where we are, check us out on iTunes by typing Nonprofit Leadership Podcast or Rob Harder, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast, and your feedback will help us expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as we can. You can also go online to listen to this podcast, either Nonprofit Leadership Podcast podcast.org or my website, robharder.com. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.